Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Welcome to Magic Explains It All. I'm your host, Brad, and this is a podcast where we get to brag about our characters and just get to talk about how good we are at creating or our lack of creation skills. Today's catchphrase was submitted by Zeke. I don't have his uh, Twitter handle in front of us, but uh, go find him out there. He's a great uh, DM, so bug him about that. Anyway, today we have a very special guest. Um, he was heavily featured in Season 1, even though that's no longer available. But uh, he's going to be talking about his character from our uh, Crypt Crew campaign. And you may know him as uh, the person that kind of had the most to do with uh, Magic Johnson's death. It is Wade. Hey, Wade. Hey, Brad. How's it going? <laughs> oh, pretty good. I'm not bitter whatsoever about my character dying or anything because of you. It's all good. I'm glad to hear it. You've had <laughs> a couple more character deaths since, since that time. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been proven that it's definitely not your fault. It's just a poor character choices by my part. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> he was fun, but he needed to go. And so thank you because now you've opened my eyes to so many more characters that I can kill off. So <laughs> today we're, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, your character, uh, Larry Croft. But before we get into that, I always like to uh, kind of learn a little bit about the players and how they got into Dungeons & Dragons. So uh, what kind of brought you to playing RPGs in the first place? Um, well, Larry is the first character that I ever played, and it was honestly mostly created by Zeke, um, at the last minute when I finally agreed, uh, to join their game. They'd been, Zeke and Chris had been asking me for a little while, inviting me to the game, and I kept turning it off, uh, turning it down. And then, I guess at some point, I finally, finally was like, okay, I'll show up, and it was probably Wednesday, and so Zeke said, okay, great, texted me a bunch of unrelated questions as far as I could tell. I answered them, and uh, in large part, those char- those questions found their way into some of the pieces of how he built Larry, um, and like some of his ranger uh, classes and archetypes. Yeah. So uh, that campaign with the Crypt Crew, uh, so that was like kind of your first introduction to uh, yes, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, I knew nothing about Dungeons and Dragons beforehand. I wasn't really even sure what it consisted of or what the goal was. No, oh, very cool. I knew it had dice. <laughs> yeah, you, you knew you rolled a little bit, and something happened because of that roll. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't. Uh, that's that's kind of surprising that you did. You didn't listen to any podcasts or watch any YouTube videos about it beforehand. It was just something that your friends wanted to bring you into. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know there were podcasts or YouTube videos. <laughs> I've discovered those since, um, but I'd never seen one or even heard of them before. Oh, very cool. Well, it's just so funny that, like, imagining Zeke and Chris, like, being like, you know who'd be good at role-playing? Wade. He doesn't know anything about the game, but, man, it's going to be fun with him. I I don't think that they ever would have thought that I would be good at role-playing from knowing me before or, (laughs) I think, watching me me play since then, especially early on. They were just Um, like, like, let's just get Wade in here, see what he can do. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> uh, since you kind of were, you played first, mm-hmm. and now you've kind of gotten to know the game. What's a, what what are some of the like media that you take in to like kind of uh, learn more about uh, Dungeons and Dragons? Um, I've spent far too much time reading through just the the book, the character sheets. I, okay. I look if I have a question, I'll you know Google it, and normally it's on Reddit or one of a few other message boards where someone's asked a similar question, and I read through to try and find out 
Very Wh- cool. Whether it's optimizing or what's the better choice between two things or can I do this as that character. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly, I guess, message boards or just, you know, postings of like character stats from the, the book or Unearthed Arcana right. PDFs, that kind of thing. Um, I don't really listen to any other podcasts or other than magic videos. explains yes, it all. Just, just yours. Yes. Hooray. Um, our, our number one fan as of yesterday as of yesterday. <laughs> yeah no that's uh, but that's cool though because then you're able to kind of approach it from a uh, kind of purist standpoint rather than like i don't know with chris and dylan what we mm-hmm. talked about was like we listened to those podcasts and some of those guys are really really good at it some of them do a bunch of homebrew stuff yeah. so oftentimes it may not line up with the actual game. We're just like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to try something similar in my oh, game, yeah. and it may not, it may not fit in the way that we're playing. So I kind of appreciate the way that you're approaching it because then you're like, uh, you're kind of taking it as like very uh, serious. Isn't the right word, but from a uh, going by the rules and making sure like everything lines up kind of way. I guess I wouldn't think of it as rule following. More like trying to figure out what I can do because I didn't know the rules but I know that I mean, it's very yeah there, there but, are a lot of rules and like I didn't realize until probably fairly recently the degree to which our game is a homebrew game by Zeke oh yeah I was trying to look up the uh, Kefra and couldn't find him like oh so he, he homebrewed the enemies <laughs> you know trying to metagame and gain some advantage by learning about them yeah <laughs> yeah so I don't think there's any purist aspect at least not how I feel about it it's just I I don't really listen to any podcasts, so mm-hmm. I don't listen to D and D podcasts. Right, um, and so I think I've watched one episode of Critical Role with Chris, which was impressive at the degree of role play that all of the voice actors do. Yeah, but I very quickly was just like, "That's them." I'm not even gonna, well, not even gonna try to. And also, like, meet their, that standard. Their episodes are just like what three to four hours long. I don't know. I've seen one, but yeah, it was long. Yeah, but let's go ahead and kind of hop into your character, uh, Larry Croft, which, uh, as we can kind of tell by the name, uh, inspired by uh, Laura Croft, the Tomb Raider. Um, I, I would, cho- I would chosen assume. by Zeke. Chosen by chosen Zeke. By Zeke. Okay. So when I when I showed up, he handed me a, a Larry Croft <laughs> character sheet with Larry Croft's name on it, and it was chosen because I met the rest of the the crew in in some crypts mm-hmm. where they were doing something and my character was a tomb raider. I was a hermit who was secluded from society, but I would go and raid tombs because I kind of have a thing for magic items. Yeah. Um, uh, so I was always looking for... I had, had a thing about being around, you know, dead people, so... Yeah, well, I, I didn't mind dead people, but I hated undead. So, like, I think yeah. that was that was an aspect of it. it was, <laughs> That's got to be risky. Like, I'm going to go into this crypt, but there's some de- there could be a chance... But you, you guys got to risk it for those magical items. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's where Larry's coming from. He he knew there was a, a chance of finding what he wanted in there, so mm-hmm. he would he would go dig around the dead people as long yeah. as they're dead and not undead. I think he's fine. Yeah, for sure. So your character is uh, you told me is a ranger slash. Uh, well, let's kind of start with the beginning. What did because there's been some changes. Yeah, lots of changes. Uh, so at the beginning. Larry is a half elf, and he was a ranger slash werewolf. Was that right? Well, so he originally was just a ranger, but also had werewolf aspects, lycanthropy. He could transform. Uh, that Zeke had homebrewed into it, which you know I didn't know at the time. 
he had the werewolf thing going on, but it wasn't a class that he took. And then I took, I think, five levels in Ranger uh, before taking three levels of Rogue um, to add a lot more mobility, sneak attack, better stealth, and expertise in a couple things. Um, I took Swashbuckler, and had at that point, I'd really gotten to work liking the Larry, you know, two swords flashing, dancing in and out of combat. <laughs> um, but not long after Larry reached that point, he got killed by the children of the Kefra, and when he was resurrected by Sylvana, there's a whole lot, obviously, of backstory along uh-huh. those lines, um, he had switched from being a Ranger Rogue to a Ranger Level 7 and a Werewolf 1 as a prestige class that Zeke had uh, found somewhere and is using um, that he can take levels in going forward, at, which will give him more control over his werewolf aspects. Very cool. And uh, when we say the uh, Kefra, just a clarification for the listeners, that's a Zeke's kind of version of Mind Flayers. Um, I'm not really sure. We haven't really discovered what the difference is, like why they're different from the other Mind Flayers, but I'm sure we'll know very very shortly or maybe not who knows <laughs> the the pace that we're going uh yeah, you it'll, never it'll know it'll probably be a few months or years before we figure out yeah but that's how games go yeah. so it's fun though I, I know you said that this was kind of created by zeke but what was some of the things that you do you remember what you said to zeke in order for him to kind of be uh inspired to put this kind of stuff on there what um, was kind of your uh input to him he asked me questions about like my favorite location in the world and this kind of thing you're like Terrain, which I, th- I think became uh, like favorite terrain, and I had to choose between something or other that ended up with undead being the favorite enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, the werewolf, I don't know if he asked me any questions. Um, that's been a not uncommon comparison for me over the years, so I think that that may have been uh, his inspiration for that, as my physical <laughs> appearance can can lean lean werewolf sometimes. <laughs> Uh, um, Wade has a, a very nice beard going. Yeah, so I think that's that's probably where where the werewolf aspect came. And <laughs> I didn't have anything or much to do with the character creation. I didn't have much that I put into it or choices I was I made. But then over time of playing Larry and getting to make in game choices with him and think, well, would he do this or not do this? I, the character really grew on me to where at this point I you know I really like him and feel invested in what he's going on and reasons why he would or wouldn't do things. Yeah, um, where I didn't necessarily start with that, but have have gotten there over time. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of cool. You kind of uh, work and then kind of backwards and like kind of uh, you started with kind of a shell of a character and then kind of were able to build backwards mm-hmm. with your backstory as you kind of learned with the game. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of cool. And uh, let's kind of go into, like, his backstory. Like, you said that he's, he likes to be, tomb, uh, like, a Tomb Raider, likes to mm-hmm. kind of seek out magical items. Uh, tell me, like, what is the backstory of Larry Croft? Why is he the way he is? So, in his, you know, earlier life, he was <clears throat> bitten by a werewolf, uh, became a lycanthrope. Losing control of it, he caused a lot of damage early on and because of that he secluded himself away um away from people deep in the woods and became a hermit and spent a large portion of his life living as a hermit not interacting with people very much but working to gain control of uh his werewolf abilities to where he could control his changes control his actions while he was a werewolf and so that is where larry is at at this 
the beginning of the game when he first meets up with the rest of the crew um, is he feels like he has his werewolf uh, habits under control. He can transform at will. And so he's not worried about putting people in danger by being near them, even though he still stays out of society um, as a hermit, tomb raiding at night where he doesn't interact with people very much. If I recall correctly, uh, you met up with our party whenever we were in uh, this these tombs that were underneath a uh, some political uh, figure's house. Like they were connected to it, and we were trying to escape out of there uh, after we had like kind of a run in. Hmm. And so this was kind of like our way of trying to escape. And that's where we ran into you was in those kind of catacombs uh, yeah. that they had. So whenever you're kind of meeting up with the party, what's like Larry's thoughts of like why he should join up with this party? Um, we're going back a ways here. Yeah, no, this um, is honestly this is a couple of years at ago. At that point, <laughs> I didn't have like I just assumed that if I was playing a D and D game and I ran into people that I was sitting around a table with, I was supposed to go with them. <laughs> I don't know that I had any Larry specific reason in my head. Zeke may have given me one. He may have made it made a reason of why. I think that. I ran into y'all, we were all running, like, there was something that was attacking us or that we were fighting as we searched for our way out. Because I just joined, as far as my recollection of Larry, I puffed into existence in the catacombs. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a specific reason why I was there, and I don't remember what I was thinking. It was like, oh, I ran into people, and now we're all fighting against something, so I guess I should leave with them when we get a chance to escape. Well, I do remember that's where Magic Johnson uh, died the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah, was it a mimic that... No, it was a banshee. Oh, yeah, it opened the door and it... Yeah, and it yeah. killed me and another character, Merc. And somehow we all got healed. But anyway, whenever we came out of there, that's whenever like we kind of formally met and we're like, okay, we should probably align ourselves with one another. I would like to see, though, uh, kind of a character that was made and like they meet up with everybody at the mm-hmm. table and be like, you know what, this isn't for me. And then they just decide to walk away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I could see at this point if I, if I put a lot into creating a character that I could end up in a situation like that, definitely not. I mean, I feel like later in the game I got to that point with Larry of mm-hmm. where I was like, I think I should just leave the group because there's no, no reason for me to stay here now. Yeah, And, um, that's, uh, and I did uh, for a time. Yeah, But we're back together again. Yeah, yeah. You left, the way you left was uh, you turned into a werewolf and you killed some people. Oh, yeah. And then you kind of we use that as like the reasoning why like Larry's kind of like away right now because he's like, doesn't want to hurt anybody. I thought that was a really cool way of, I don't know, giving Larry some depth. Like to, to my characters, like it seemed like Larry just only was wanting magical items. He didn't, he didn't really care. Like, yeah. And he didn't really care. Uh, not necessarily that he didn't care about others. Like he fought to protect others in the party, but then to see him kind of go off like that, uh, because he wanted to protect people. That was like kind of the first time I think that the party was exposed to like the uh, caring side of uh, Larry, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. At that time, so again, at the beginning, I thought that I had the lycanthropy under control. Um, and as the pace we're playing at, that was within a month of me joining the group in game time. So it was the first full moon since I had mm-hmm. joined the group. And so full moon comes, lose control fight the party, almost get killed, but escape, keep myself alive, and then kill like 10 people. And so at that point, I spent, I think, the next like two or three sessions like trying to leave, and Zeke kept weaving me back in with mm-hmm. uh, storylines, and 
but it stayed like out of contact with the party as I then went to follow a vision that I got from Sylvana that made me believe that I could be cured, cured of being a werewolf. So that then became my goal for, for a time. Yeah. And let's kind of dig into that. So now currently, or more recently, uh, you were, I don't know if tricked is the right word, uh, but you were given a vision of like, you could be cured by going to Sylvana and... I don't know if that's a homebrew thing on Zeke or if that I is an actual... I think it's a homebrew because I haven't been able to find similarities online. But So Sylvanus is the well-known god. And from early memories, I had like some di- slightly different name that I remembered my mom worshipping and having interactions with early in my life. But Sylvanus, Sylvani, Sylvanus, I couldn't quite tell them all apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after my werewolf carnage... I got a vision from Sylvana showing me a place in the woods to go to. Um, and that became my goal was to reach, to find that place in the wood in the hope that there was something there that could that could cure me. Finally make our way out there. And I'm still not sure how all this fits together, uh, but we ran into a doppelganger impersonating a friend of ours in the forest. And he took me to this place that was supposedly an ancient temple, um, which is what I was looking for and I talked to people and nobody knew where it was at but he took me there I went inside and had an experience of kind of seeing like through history how werewolves interacted with people like a time where they were this peaceful community of their own there was flowers nature things all around like the moonlight coming through very detailed uh, vision so I went in and had this experience was told that I was cured of my lycanthropy left the rest of the party members entered and it was apparently a barren cave so how a doppelganger impersonating somebody took me to a place where i actually had that experience i don't know how all that fit together but i do believe that all that was real because then the rock that i i put a flower in my beard which then turned into a rock and that's what went away when sylvana cured me after i was died after I died from after the, I was died after I was died after I died from the <laughs> I was dying sli- I was diagnosed with the uh, dead yeah oh yeah my brain was gone so it was a pretty impressive resurrection on his part mm-hmm. yes yeah, so there was a stone uh, in my beard where I had put a flower from in the the cave where where I was cured and that stone once I got resurrected went away but I went from not being a werewolf back to having the werewolf aspects. Um, so I died as a Ranger 5, Rogue 3, who was cured of lycanthropy. And then when I was resurrected um, by Sylvana, who kind of gave me a bit of story of being around, you know, before the time of God, seeking balance, basically mm-hmm. one of the old gods right? Um, is what he was based on or is one of. And when I was cured, the stone went away, which meant that I was, had my werewolf aspects again. Gotcha. Uh, so that's where the one level of werewolf is, but through taking more levels in the future, I can gain control over it fully instead of just thought I had control over it. As <laughs> apparently, the case was last time. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty terrifying. So now that you've kind of had a chance to kind of make Larry into this uh, fully formed uh, character or person, mm-hmm. or what do you think Larry's motivations are going to be like as you move forward with the story? Like, what's his What's his overall goals for him personally? I know for the party, it's to prevent the Kefra and like kind of defeat that. But overall, like, what are you, 
your like what is Larry's personal well, motivations? For for a long time, he'd really just kind of been going through trying to kind of pick up what he could. Uh, but through he formed a pretty good friendship with uh, Boger, who then died, and then Scabbers, his wife, who is part of the party now. And so it committed to Boger that if she would go with him when they left the rest of the party uh, to go try to get cured of his lycanthropy, then he would do whatever he needed to to help um, assassinate the person who killed her children. It's a caching, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Because of relationship with Boger and then Scabbers, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the other party members had some political people that they were going after that I was like, I'm fine with going after him, but not strongly pushed in that direction. Right. But because of Larry's relationship with Scabbers and the person who killed her kids, it's like, well, I'm not really pushed in a direction right now, so I'm going to go help my friend right. try to follow through on this. No, and for so sure. I was doing that before we made the official agreement of you help me, I help you. Yeah. Um, and then there was the Kefir thing always kind of going on, but I don't think Larry was in, honestly all that invested in the killing of the Kefra until they killed him and he was brought back to life with a different set of abilities than he previously had. Mm-hmm. Um, so being brought back by Sylvana, I kind of tailored his skill set coming back and adjusted it to be focused on killing the Kefra. And I switched from some of the ranger abilities to the revised ranger because those give a lot more towards tracking a favorite enemy and advantage against them kind of thing. Yeah. So part of in his vision with Sylvana when Larry was brought back to life was Sylvana saying, you know, would you go back if you were a werewolf? Like kind of... And of saying, like, I'm going to be do- working for him in some way or other, which I'm fine with if I'm going to be dead otherwise, obviously. <laughs> uh, but he said, you know, I'll make you, I'll make you more powerful to, to try and help that along. And so I beefed up a couple of his abilities to kind of go along with that, but also made it very Kefra-focused, which yeah. now Larry is all in on finding, finding what's, got, what's going on with the Kefra and trying to kill them. Yeah, very cool. I, I do like for your character, it went from like this hermit and then able to kind of associate a loyalty to uh, people in the party, but like very specific to uh, certain people in the party mm-hmm. and not necessarily the party as a whole, if that makes yeah. sense. I like that uh, character choice a lot. My next question is just uh, naming some of your favorite in-game moments of your character. I feel like... I feel like I know which they some of them are, okay. but um, I'll, I'm gonna let you. Well, I'm, I'll I'm, be I'm, interested to see if if you guess right. Uh, so I would say probably my favorite in this town that was where uh, was the, the chained god was worshipped mm-hmm. and it was deserted except for people who came to try and kill us or something. I climbed a massive statue and I kept rolling really well, which I don't feel like I do very often. And so I climbed to the top. And in the top, there was a massive gem in this, you know, 100-foot-tall statue in the middle of the desert. And I made a check to see if I could pry it out with my dagger. And I rolled a nat 20. So I popped it out, and it was, you know, a big dinner plate-sized gem. Uh, and for somebody who's obsessed with magic and money, the, the value of it, I, I can't quite imagine what it would have been, much more than Larry, I'm sure, could conceive. Pops it out, gets it, keeps it. It turns out that this uh, gem had been giving him bad dreams 
which made him hate elves, which actually is what, in the end, led to magic ultimate demise because Larry was in a position to save him. And while Larry didn't kill him, he was literally not going to lift a finger to try and keep him alive because he was the only elf around who he could direct his anger at that yeah. the, had been facilitated by the gem. Yeah. And so that's, I do like that that's one of your favorite moments. No, 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 I hadn't gotten to my favorite moment. So that was the backstory. So then we find out from a dragon who's with us that this is a very evil gem, that it, it's the cause of my bad dreams and these things. So he offers to, to trade me a magic sword for the gem. And so we make this deal, and right about that time, uh, Kiva takes the gem from me. And we start fighting over it, or he's chasing me to get it. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but he steals the gem after I've made the deal, making me think that I'm losing the gem and not going to get a sword out of it. Because the dragon's just like, well, whoever hands it to me, that's who gets, gets the weapons. <laughs> I think I get knocked out by the dragon's breath. And I wake up, with Kiva carrying me like a sack of potatoes. And as soon as I wake up, I just start attacking him and stabbing him. <laughs> and Kiva is far far outclassed uh larry in any form of uh combat but larry was so angry about his gem being stolen despite the fact that it's been kind of ruining his life and making him kill people so he fights fights to it to the death and gets killed by kiva because even while i'm like have no chance of killing him larry mm-hmm. just runs back in and keeps going until till he gets killed and then gets revived um by the cleric or the dragon or somebody but that that time when just getting into larry totally losing control um and attacking the barbarian yeah. for taking his gem that was a, a very fun i remember being at the table that night and you role played that so well like it was like you were actually mad like you wade were actually mad and it was really really good and a little frightening but awesome at the same time yeah that was i think that was probably the most fun that i had in in any like single event or playing through and that was again i mean after playing the game for more than a year when i was like okay i think that's like good role maybe the first time i could say i had good role play <laughs> yeah but, um but that's the thing like i think you've even said it before is that like usually it takes a while to get comfortable yeah and it can it can take up to a year to like get comfortable if you mm-hmm. don't play often to like actually get comfortable like start doing that stuff i really thought you were gonna say my favorite your favorite moment uh for larry was whenever he had to check and see if his knife worked on uh on magic johnson's thigh uh well that actually that was part of the the gem hatred of elves is so like i did want to check because i had just gotten a magic knife but i couldn't tell what type of magic uh was going on we didn't have anybody around us to tell us what the knife did but it was my first magic weapon, and I was very excited about it, but frustrated that I didn't know how to use it mm-hmm. um, to pull out its magic properties or to use it well. So then I just decided that I would stab magic in the thigh to test it out and see what it did to him, <laughs> um, because I was also feeling strong animosity based on the the gem making me yeah. hate elves. No hard feelings. All of that was some uh, great uh, Larry roleplay. <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> even though I was like, I'm losing health from him like after it got explained to me that it was because of the gym i was like i thought back to all the times like larry and uh kiva like did things that like 
put Magic Johnson in harm, I was like, okay, this kind of all makes sense now. So, what was funny also is, I mean, I think on the old podcast I listened to it, and you said like the like the episode or the the day before I got the gem, like the previous time was man, I would. Larry and I, when we were walking somewhere, we were talking. I think Magic and Larry were really starting to get along. <laughs> I remember and that. And <laughs> the next session is when the bad dream started of, mm-hmm. like, the elf leaving my mom and, like, beating her and, like, awful things from my childhood that an elf did and that, like, festered elf hatred. So we, like, started to get along and then immediately I had a dream that made me be, like, screw you, elf. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. And then it, it did seem like it was such a turn, like... I was like, man, I, I thought, I thought me and me and Larry had something good, but awesome stuff. So as we kind of come to a close here, uh, when listeners are trying to make a similar character uh, with like Ranger or a kind of Ranger rogue ish, mm-hmm. uh, what advice do you have for them as far as like how to make a more complete character? Um, looking kind of down the leveling up, but I liked how. If I had kept on the path I was going before I died and mm-hmm. kind of got my levels changed up, was that if you got to, I think, level 5 Rogue and got an Uncanny Dodge and Ranger, after level 5, there's not a whole lot there, but if you got to maybe a 7 Ranger, you could have taken Multi-Attack Defense. That could have fit together pretty well as far as not, you wouldn't have been a tank, mm-hmm. but it more ability to get in where if you can have the first damage and up your defense so that it's unlikely that another attack will hit. Um, but but the mobility that a, a rogue brings, I think they fit really well with a ranger. And uh, again, all the skills and expertise with the rogue take the things that I was doing okay as, as a ranger with Larry and made my stealth a lot better, perception. I started out as a dual wielder because that's just what uh, what I was given by Zeke. But I really like it, and I think that you know most things say that it's more optimized to play an archer ranger, mm-hmm. um, which is probably true. But I've had a lot of fun playing the ranger and kind of mixing it up, especially with those rogue levels. And I went swashbuckler, so I could kind of move in and out without taking attacks, moving through people, but getting a lot of attacks in. And once you start stacking Colossus Slayer and Hunter's Mark and sneak attack damage, then you can really get some get some pretty good. Uh, pretty good damage on a ranger yeah. rogue. Um, I don't know how that would keep up if you got to level 15 or 20, but most people don't ever get there, and I don't really expect <laughs> to. <laughs> All that sounds like a really good combination for making that multi-class. Like, you make it sound like a very natural fit. Yeah, um, I think they, they fit together well, and it was fun to fun to kind of add extra aspects that I could do. Um, of, oh, I can move a little bit. Well, now I've got cunning... Uh, was it cunning action? I guess from the mm-hmm. rogue that gives me more mobility and swashbuckler gives you basically all time sneak attack in any situation and no opportunity attacks. Uh, so yeah, it was it's fun for a character that can get in there but can also stand back and do good good damage yeah. further back if they're going to get killed when they get too close. Yeah, so for it, sure, it gives a lot of options. And lastly, uh, what's kind of since you kind of started with in this campaign and like kind of had to learn a lot as you go or like mm-hmm. kind of learn everything as you go. Yeah. Uh, what's kind of your go-to advice for players? I think if you are somebody who's not inclined to, to the role play or acting doesn't come naturally and it would be nice if I could do voices, but every attempt goes poorly. Uh, so that that's, yeah, that's not, at least if you're playing with nice enough people to aren't 
too worried about you talking in your regular voice. <laughs> like you can take your time, just you know, roll when you first get started. When the DM tells you, I think that's basically all I did for a long time. Is he'd say, "Roll a perception check." I'd roll or roll this. I didn't know what to do, but that that comes over time. Getting to know the character, I think, has made the role play a lot easier. Even if I'm not doing a voice, I'm getting into their conversations or what they'd be doing or choices they'd be making. Um, but if it takes two months or six months or a year, like there's not a right or wrong to it. Right. Yeah. I think that's really that's some really sound advice. That's kind of how I had to do as well. Uh, I think we kind of joined up around the same time, but I was also given that character, Magic yeah. Johnson. So. <laughs> Uh, Notice any name similarities? The DM giving us a name oh, that's actually to... actually uh, Zeke game. He already had a name picked out, mm. but then I came and I was like, I kind of have my character's name. Is it cool? His name is Magic oh, okay. Johnson, and Zeke goes, uh, just erase the name he had on there. And he goes, it sure is. <laughs> okay, I thought there was, I know it seemed like a little similarity. It's just kind of a jokey name in reference to yeah. something else. Yeah, but yeah. Well, Wade, I uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, you, doing Brad. the podcast. Uh, hopefully we can have you back on in the future whenever you can talk about either Buck or uh, Rowan from other campaigns, especially whenever we kind of get um, more deeper into those mm-hmm. stories. So, uh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, be ready on your phone. Don't uh, Wade fade, <laughs> and uh, we'll call you up next time. And uh, thank you guys for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode of Magic Explains It All. Uh, if you have a character that you'd like for us to discuss on a future uh, GM or DM episode, uh, tweet at us with the hashtag Magic Explains, and we'll anal- I kind of uh, discuss your character on the show. Uh, if you have a catchphrase that you'd like for us to read at the beginning, like we did with Zeke's catchphrase today, uh, go ahead and go to uh, Apple Podcasts or on iTunes and leave us a five-star review and with the catchphrase in the description. And we'll be sure to read that at the beginning of a future episode. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. Produced by B-Roll Audio, the best background noise. You can find us on Twitter at B-Roll Audio.